Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Did Sunday's loss eliminate the Denver Broncos from playoff contention? What does the AFC playoff picture look like after week 13? We'll dive deep into that here in this freshly brewed installment. Good morning, Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Welcome to a brand new installment of GMB here on Mile High Sports YouTube page. Make sure you do us a favor, hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on your favorite Colorado sports teams and the extensive coverage that we provide here at Mile High Sports. Every team, every day. Make sure you also check out milehighsports.com for all the written content columns and more that you get up-to-date information on your favorite Colorado sports team. It's a busy time right now in Denver sports and unfortunately not a great weekend for Colorado sports fans as the Nuggets, the Avs and the Broncos all lost over the weekend here, but the Broncos have five games left this season and the stakes are higher than they ever have been. And look, granted, they went on a five game win streak. That was pretty impressive. The stakes were pretty high. Then the odds they faced were insurmountable, but now they're in a position where the room for error is very, very minimal here. And we'll give some overall impressions here on the vibe that we got from Broncos head coach Sean Payton in his Monday conference call, talking about how things went, how things transpired on the road in Houston. And more importantly, we're going to answer some mailbag questions that we got courtesy of Broncos country. I think first off, let's talk about Sean Payton's Monday press conference call. And really, I think everyone wanted to know what happened on that final play where Russell Wilson on third down faced pressure, scrambled, tried to throw it in the end zone to Lucas Kroll, and it was intercepted. And that would seal the game, halting a what would have been a very impressive comeback by Denver if they were able to pull it off there, considering they were down 22 to 10. And at one point, 16 to three, they were able to rally and fight in that fourth quarter. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, the reality is Denver drops to six and six with that loss there. And Sean Payton was asked about that final play. And he, he said it was chaos. He called it kind of resemblance of street ball that they were supposed to have a motion or a shift. And it never got to that. And then because they didn't get to that, there was pressure, there was chaos. And then they were just playing street ball, as Sean Payton had said. So not ideal. And I think the overall vibe, the kind of takeaway I had from this is that, you know, there were some things that Russell Wilson didn't do right or that the team and the offense didn't do right that you could kind of tell he's a little frustrated about that. There were some missed opportunities. And I think that's really as deep as it goes, right? People are going to read into, oh, Sean Payton mad at Russell Wilson. No. But as a coach and as, a, you know, the guy who's leading a team and, and obviously for quarterback, you you want to make the right plays. And look, the, the room for error in the NFL is very, very small. And I think so many people expect perfection. What quarterbacks do on a daily basis at the line of scrimmage, even understanding the play, knowing where everybody's got to be, knowing what the protection is. I mean, that at times it's, it's tough. I mean, everyone makes it seem so easy when we all sit on our couch, but the reality is it's a tough job. But you know, Denver also has the expectation where they are paying Russell Wilson quite a bit of money and they want him to perform and they want him to do some of these things. I think Russ, for the most part, Russ has had a pretty good year for the Broncos. 
But there's a couple of decisions here and there that you can say like, ah, I don't know if that was the right decision or he missed this guy, but that's every quarterback in every football game, right? So it's not like I'm trying to pile on Russell Wilson. I think that there's a lot more of the quarterbacks in the NFL that deserve more criticism than Russ does, but Russ didn't have his sharpest game on Sunday. And I think that's, that's okay, you know, but you need him to play better. You need him to put some more air on a couple of footballs there. You just need him and the offense to be in sync and on the same page. And they simply weren't. And, and look, after the game, Broncos offensive guard, Quinn Miners talked about the fact that they're just their execution wasn't great and that is i think a frustrating pain point there and you, you got to be more consistent i mean i think the biggest thing is Dever scored zero points this year coming into the third quarter like what's going on i have no idea why they can't score a single point they've had two missed field goals i think they've had eight punts but they've come away from third quarter scoring zero points and when you're not scoring points in the first quarter at a rate in which you need to do, that's obviously a very tough issue as well. Denver struggled in Sunday's game against the Texans, but they're able to put up some points in the fourth quarter. Granted, the fourth quarter, you shouldn't be in a position where every week you're trailing and you're coming back in the fourth quarter. You need to find ways to take control of the game at the onset in which everything is going on. So that's where I think the valid frustration is. We also talk about there's a lot of stuff going on social media right now where you're looking at clips and slow motions of Russell Wilson not seeing a wide open Jerry Judy. So much of this is contingent, right? It's easy for us to hit pause or hit slow motion, say, oh, Judy's wide open. Absolutely. Like if Jerry's wide open, you got to be able to find a way to get him the ball. But so much is contingent upon, okay, what's the coverage? If you're the quarterback, what's the coverage? What's the first read? What's the second read? If Jerry's the first read, I imagine Jerry's getting looked at, but if he's not the first read, then, then it's not going to him necessarily. But you also at times have to progress there. Now, some of the issues that Sean Payton alluded to from Sunday's game was that protection wasn't great off the right side, which Will Anderson Jr. had a really terrific day against Mike McGlinchey and the Broncos offensive line there. There was some lapses in protection sometimes on other areas of the field. And sometimes even Sean Payton said that they escaped the uh, clean pocket too quickly. And that led to some issues there. So I think it's just a culmination of these things. And just Denver's got to get back on the same page with where they're at in terms of their identity. They can't run the football consistently well to the outside. They don't have a lot of success on toss plays or stretch plays. They have a little bit more success in the run game on the inside, but when you're really limited to just running inside, there's a little bit of a problem there. So if Dever can find a way to get more success in the run game in the outside area, that'll help things out. It'll become more balanced, right? Instead of just, okay, hey, if they're going to run, they're going to run inside, right? And you're usually doing it out of shotgun and they're doing a quick draw inside zone. Um, you know, and even in the passing game, I, I just, I even asked this question as well. Like we're not seeing, like if you watch any of the other NFL games, then I want you to pay attention to this as you know, the week goes on. Watch how many other teams around the NFL run simple route concepts like slants, curls, hitches, digs. I mean, you're seeing where they're attacking different levels of the intermediate side. Denver's routes are either deep downfield explosive plays or they're to the flat and they're short. How come we're not seeing more slant routes with Cortland Sutton? Cortland Sutton is a big body target. You know what I would do? I would space him out a little bit wide. I'd move my number two guy somewhere a little bit closer toward the end man of the line of scrimmage would be the tight end or the offensive tackle. And I would at least run some of these concepts, elementary concepts. And look, even if you have tight splits within five to six yards, have the number two receiver run a route that impedes, if they're in man coverage, a slant route that cuts off the corner from being able to jam and get on the inside, you know, on the, on the hip to make a play with the ball side hand. We're just not seeing a lot of slant routes or simple route concepts here from the Broncos offense. And part of me is wondering, is, is Denver's offensive route scheme, is it just 
set up to be too complex. Not that it's hard that these guys can't do it, but is it because everything that you're factoring in with the route concepts being up to attack different coverages, the sometimes inconsistent pass protection, it's never really formulating and it's forcing either the explosive play or it's forcing the check down to the flat. That's a serious question that I have here. And I think a lot of Broncos fans have also noticed this as well. So that's the overall vibe that we got here from Sean Payton in his Monday conference call when he met with us the day after, you know, being able to watch the film and process things a little bit more clearly. I think it's important to establish those things. And look, Denver's defense for as many explosive plays as they gave up in Sunday's game, they were able to buckle down. I mean, really, they limited the Texans to just one total touchdown, two touchdowns, one in the first half, which the penalty on Alex Singleton kind of led that to go in there. And obviously Nico Collins in that fourth quarter was wide open for a touchdown. You can't have that happen. Um, but Denver, despite all that, despite going 0 for 11 on third down, despite the three turnovers, despite four punts to open up the game, despite two punts to open up the second half, at the end of the game, the Broncos had a chance. The Broncos had a chance to win the game. And that, to me, kind of blows my mind a little bit because if Denver's offense can perform a little bit more efficiently, if they can find a way to score in the third quarter, I mean, we're talking about the difference between maybe two games lost this season or, or you know, a couple games won. That, I think, is where the pain point will be when you look at Broncos country and how they feel. And I, I think certainly looking back, at if this one play happened or if this one negative play didn't happen, I think a turning point could have been Jaquan McMillan forcing the fumble on C.J. Stroud. Somehow Denver doesn't recover that, and it bounced toward the Broncos' direction where it would have given them the ball in Houston territory, which would have set up, a, you know, at worst, a field goal attempt, right? Three points in that situation. And then obviously, you know, we, we talk about just a couple other situations that Denver had there. They had opportunities in this game, and unfortunately, I mean, you lose the game by five points. Let's say you're able to kick a field goal. Maybe you kick a game-winning field goal at the end there and don't have to rely on a third-down play. But ifs, maybes, couldas, wouldas, shouldas, they don't really apply in the world of football and also in the world of life. So with that said, Broncos country, we're going to move on to some mailbag questions coming up here in just a moment. Real quick, let me tell you about our friends over there, Superbook Sports. Refer a friend and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you don't want to miss the refer a friend bonus. All you need to do is click on the refer a friend link under your profile in the Superbook app, share the promo code with friends, and you will get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers using your code. So win money wagering and win money referring this season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, guys? Kim Becker here with Mile High Sports. Make sure you guys are following us on social media so that you never miss a Mile High Sports daily. Monday through Friday morning, we'll post a video hosted by me catching you up on everything you need to know when it comes to sports right here in the Mile High State. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're there, and we've got you covered for everything Colorado sports. All right, Broncos country, as we continue this morning's installment of Good Morning Broncos, one of the questions we got, we're going to get into our mailbag series here. we got some questions sent in from some avid viewers of the show here on YouTube. First off, we get one in from Doug, and Doug asked the question here, did Sunday's loss to the Houston Texans ruin the Broncos' chances of making it into the postseason? 
Great question here, right? Now, obviously, we've talked about it kind of in the buildup in the weeks about the importance of Denver's conference record going into that matchup. They were 3-4 and four after the loss. They're 3-5 and five in AFC conference play, which hurts them in terms of tiebreaker scenarios. And they lost the tiebreaker to the Houston Texans. So if it all boils down to the end of the season, let's say Denver goes on a run, they have the same record as Houston, and it determines who gets into the postseason, the Texans will win because they have the tiebreaker over there. But Denver's not eliminated just yet, and there's a real legitimate chance that somebody inside the AFC playoff picture could make the wild card with a 9-8 and eight record. Now, what does the standings look like right now? The Miami Dolphins, you also have the Baltimore Ravens, Jaguars, Kansas City Chiefs. They line out the top four teams right now in the AFC playoff picture. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Indianapolis Colts, they're 5, 6, and 7. They fill up the wild card spots. Now, Indianapolis, they won on Sunday against Tennessee. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got blown out by the Cardinals. Kenny Pickett's out for several weeks now. He's going to have surgery on his ankle. That could impact them. Their schedule also is kind of cupcake-ish coming up here. The Cleveland Browns, they lost big time to the LA Rams over the weekend. Denver obviously has the tiebreaker over them. But if those two teams continue to lose, and let's say Indianapolis finds ways to lose games as well, Denver and Houston will have to find ways to win games. And ideally, our focus is going to be on the Denver Broncos. They have the LA Chargers. They have a tough game against the Detroit Lions. That one's a little more you know, anxiety-producing for me looking at the standings here. But then you also have another matchup on, New on Christmas Eve against the New England Patriots. Good defense, not a lot of offense there. What, what's to give? I mean, what, is it going to be a 3-6 game when we get there? That's a wild from here. But that's a game that's winnable. I think the Chargers game is winnable. They have another game against the Chargers at home that's very winnable. And then they have a tough road game against the Las Vegas Raiders who didn't play this past week. They're coming off of a bye. And right now, I think Denver has a chance to win at least three more games. They could finish the season with a 9-8 and eight record, which means that they only have room to lose two more games. Ideally, you need to take it one game at a time. And if Denver can go on another winning streak here, it amplifies their chances in a big way because behind them, you have the Buffalo Bills. They have the same exact record as the Broncos. Denver possesses the tiebreaker over them, which keeps them in the ninth spot right now in terms of playoff seeding. Cincinnati, as we talk about, I mean, them, they don't have Joe Burrow for the rest of the year. Behind them, it's the LA Chargers and the Raiders that are tied to five and seven right now, record wise. And then the New York Jets at four and eight. I mean, they're kind of at the bottom of the barrel right now. And then look, there's a real legitimate chance that Denver can punch their ticket to the postseason, but they have to play better on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, you can't allow some of the explosive plays to hurt you. I mean, Denver's going to face some tough offenses. And look, they have some talented players in LA. Keenan Allen's going to be a challenge. Um, you look at the Detroit Lions, a very explosive offense. They're going to play them in the next week or two. So that's also going to be, I think we're going to find out a lot about this Broncos team. This is going to be playoff football for Denver, essentially, in these next two weeks, next two road games here for them. So they're not out of it after the loss to Houston, but the room for error is a little bit smaller going forward. But that is the AFC playoff picture right now. Denver does have a chance, and we'll see if a 9-8 and eight record can get someone into the wild card. I think it certainly can here. But it's going to be uh, very interesting considering there's five games left in the regular season, and some of these teams have five losses that are above Denver. It's all about taking care of business, not dropping games you shouldn't drop, and hoping some other teams lose along the way, getting some help. So we'll see. We'll keep you posted on that along the way here. Get another question coming in here for the Broncos coming in from Danny. Danny asked the question here, it, is the Broncos offense sustainable with Russell Wilson right now? This is a great question. Now, I don't have the answer for this. I, I just have my, maybe my opinion on it. I think so much of Denver's offense, what we've seen, there's been this narrative that Sean Payton has put training wheels on Russell Wilson. That's not true. Not true at all. 
What Russell Wilson is doing is very impressive this season. Look, now, is he playing perfect? No, absolutely not. Nobody is right now. But he's playing good. He's making good decisions for the most part. I mean, he's been a big reason that the Broncos have been winning some games alongside the defense. But the offense has to be better. Russ has to be better. And what he's doing at the line of scrimmage is impressive because they're getting to the ball. They're getting lined up with about 20 seconds left on the play clock. Russ is able to do some motion. They, that's why they incorporate a lot of shifting in their offense so that they can do some snaps to identify, okay, what's the coverage here? And then if it's a good coverage, they stick with the play. If not, they kill it. Russ is doing it at the line of scrimmage. He's doing a really good job of that this year. I think overall, Denver's lack of consistent balance, and I mentioned this earlier here, I think their inability to really attack the intermediate when the in the passing game for them offensively has hurt them in a big way. I think that they're relying so much on the short throws there, which we're talking about the flats or, you know, just a quick smoke screen or even just the deep shot they're taking chances on. You love to see the aggressiveness there, but there's not a lot of balance on everything else, right? You have the short, you have the deep, but you don't have the intermediate consistently enough. And Denver's got the capability of producing there, but they just don't have that. And I think the lack of having a real pass-catching tight end threat has been a hindrance to them so far here. But it's been a huge surprise to me that they've been so unbalanced in a sense. And obviously, we talk about the run game. If the run game's going, that's great. Russ is using his legs. He's had, I think, if I'm not mistaken, 21 carries in the last two weeks combined. That's a great sign to see. But... Denver, their overall volume in terms of the run game, it's, everything's all on the inside outside of Russ's QB designed runs, or if he's scrambling for his life and picking up some extra yards, they've got to find a way to be more balanced offensively. And look, I don't know what that looks like. I, I mean, I've said, okay, they got to do this, they got to do that. But the reality of the situation is, is we've got to see them actually try it. And if they don't do that, they're going to be in some tough positions here going forward. They're going to face some tough defenses. They're going to face some challenges coming up here along the way. But Broncos country, I appreciate you so much for rocking with us here on GMB. If you love today's show, do us a favor, like the video, comment for the algorithm, and also subscribe to our YouTube cha channel page, whatever you may call it, so you never miss out on what's going on. Also, be sure to check out milehighsports.com for all your written content coverage and more courtesy Mile High Sports, all of our beat reporters covering their teams respectively. I cover the Denver Broncos. I'm Cody Work, Broncos country. We'll see you then for another episode, GMB, tomorrow morning. Hey Nuggets fans, Ryan Blackburn here, host of the Pickaxe and Roll podcast on Mile High Sports. We've got the best Denver Nuggets coverage around, so make sure not to miss an episode and subscribe down below to the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. Nuggets off to a great start. Make sure not to miss a thing on Mile High Sports. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.